although it's Thursday, it's a bit late. Travel on, on my crease back. We're back, Joe. But we had some problems in Camp Osterdijk this time. That's new, isn't it? That is new, mate. Yeah. So uh, your, your Wi-Fi, mate. I thought you were in France for a second there. <laughs> Remember last, so last Monday evening, we uh, tried to record the podcast. I came back from a run. It was absolutely boiling. I was sweating behind the camera. And we were trying to record it, but there was like a five, six second delayed every time we were talking. So it got a bit weird, didn't it? It was terrible because I'd be talking, but there was only a delay on one side, wasn't it? Was it when you heard me talk? So you would start talking and then you would hear my question come through and it was just, it was impossible to put it up. It would have sounded absolutely horrific. So we decided to just hedge our bets, wait until the Wi-Fi was sorted and just uh, do it properly. And it seems like it's working all right now, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um... But anyway, Joe, um, means it's a longer week. Have you got any highs and lows then? Must be. You must I've have got some. a few lows, mate. I've got a few lows. I've got a big Go on one. Uh, I've got a few smaller ones. Do you want me to start off with the smaller ones first, just to warm you up? Uh, warm me up, mate. Warm me up. So a few of them are, aren't too bad. Um, one, one of them was I bonked in the pool, mate, and I had to get out and take uh, a gel and a load of carbs. I'd take like 75 grams of carbs. I was literally just done the warm-up, and I was so hungry. I felt like I just... I, I just started picking it up and I felt really low. You know, when you feel low on carbs and you feel like a bit itchy and stuff like that. I was like that. But luckily I had some emergency gels and stuff in the uh, in the swim bag and I got through it. I You've got, we, we both have got this emergency kit in the swim bag, don't, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, luckily I had that. The next low, which is a bit worse. But wait, what was the... Um... Didn't you eat before the pool then? Or how come you were so low on carbs? What happened? I went for a, I went for a run beforehand as well. I don't know. I it was. Uh, I can't remember what day it was now. If it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but um, I was just really hungry for some reason. It just crept up on me. And then mm-hmm. the second lot was um, I went water skiing again. I think I told you last. I no, I don't think I've mentioned it before when I went on here because we started recording in the winter, didn't we? So I went water skiing and just kept flipping, face planting the floor, mate. I, I literally barely got off on the skis. Like I was struggling to get up. And then when I did get up, I just face planted the water and I ended up getting a load of water in my like sinuses and stuff. Felt like I had a cold because I just got like, just inhaled why, everything. Why are you picking up water skiing? What's this all about then? Well, I've been doing it for the last like three or four years, but I'm terrible at it. But Laura, um, Laura does, Laura gets invited to it like a, a few times a summer because some friends have got a lake and a boat and stuff like that. So they have mm-hmm. like some parties sometimes and do water skiing. But she's really good. She's done it since she was a child. And I keep trying it, mm-hmm. but I'm absolutely terrible, oh, mate. And by the way, once again, if people are listening and want to watch it on the trainer, they can watch it on YouTube, can't they, Joe? Yeah, yeah you can watch this on YouTube. And do you want to know what the, the biggest low was about the water skiing? It wasn't the fact that I inhaled the water. It was the fact that my sister, who's normally terrible at balance, picked it up first time, mate. Younger picked it up first time. Natural younger. talent on the water. Natural talent. How embarrassing is that, though? That like, is pretty embarrassing. You can tell, you know, when you can tell someone's real smug about it as well. She's proper smug. Like I know she's never going to let me live that down now. And she was all right <laughs> about it on the day. She was a bit like more graceful. And then the next day, the couple of days later, when I saw her, she was like uh, a bit ripping the piss into me. I knew she was going to fucking do that. Like uh, she's just like so. Me. It's so annoying if you're, uh, for example, she'd come up to the water and you tell her like in the beginning it can be quite hard because she you got the balance, you got this and all that, and she'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have a little look, and then she pulls it off, and you're like, 
motherfucker. I know. That's exactly what it was like. I said, oh, it's really hard to do. It's really hard. <laughs> and then she's probably like, it was actually quite all right. It was all right. Yeah, okay. that's, what, Joe, that's what she was like. Joe, Joe, maybe you need to do this and that. It's actually all right, mate. That's what she was like. And I was like, when I saw her, I was, my, my heart dropped a bit. I was like, oh, no. She's going to, like, rip the piss at me now because then it was my go next and I could barely get out of the thing. And I managed to get up for a bit. But the bit where I got up on it, where no one mm-hmm. saw me was the bit where the island was blocking it. So Laura saw me because she was like helping me trying to get me up. But all the, but my sister and all the others didn't see it. So it just looked like I kept face planting the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did it last year before Iron Man UK, but I was even worse. And I had, a, it felt like I had a cold for about two or three weeks. And I had to do this thing called nasal douching. Have you heard of that? Oh, is that the, like a rhino horn that you put in your nose? Yeah. To get rid of the water, to clear my sinuses out because I got so yeah. much water stuck in there. Exactly. I had to do that. It's like a big snorkel. Yeah, basically. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but I, well, I had to like suck it up. I had to hold one nose, suck all this like water in through my nose. Through my nose. Oh, it must be so rank listening to this podcast. But um, go on, the next one, next low, mate. The next one's a big one, mate. You already know about a bit of this, and that's why that's why I'm <laughs> smiling. Basically, last week, so on Sat Friday night, my job in the house normally when we get when we finish watching Netflix and go to bed or whatever. When we finish the job, when we finish watching Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What what are you laughing at? What's so funny about that? Because you've got like a whole schedule. Whenever we finish watching Netflix, my job is to. Yeah, my job's to uh, put the dogs out, mate. Like Laura's is uh, sort out the dishwasher and stuff like that and put that up. My job is to put the the dogs out for a wee. So I put the dogs out for a wee and um, I got distracted. I can't remember what I was doing or what happened. But anyway. I forgot to lock the door, the front door, which, uh, you know, you might think, oh, like, can happen, not too bad. Um, then Saturday morning, did the run session, went home. And then for some reason, like, we've got this front cap, we've got this camera on the front of our house, which picks up motion. So if someone mm-hmm. gets close, sometimes if they walk past the front of the path, it will pick them up. So, uh, yeah. so you sometimes pick a load of random ones where people are walking their dogs and all that kind of thing. Well, this time she was looking at it around lunchtime and she said joe someone came in the house last night i said what you want what do you mean someone come in the house she showed me the video at 2 23 in the morning saturday morning so early hours of the, the early hours of the morning someone walked down our path tried our door obviously the night the one night when i forget to lock the buddy thing he opens it up and he comes in the house and we video it we've got it on video of him leaving and he stays in for 34 minutes. He left at 2.57 and then he went back in again for two more minutes and so, then went off. Can you, can you call it breaking into a house? I don't know. Like, Do you think he went downstairs and did a little session on Zwift? Well, it was already downstairs. He was on that. There was no more. There's no basement. But where he came in, he would have been in the room. Literally, if he'd have come in and went left, he would have been where almost like Zwift set up is and everything like that. So he could have done a session but i don't know where he went in the house i was asleep upstairs didn't hear him my dogs are supposed to be guard dogs they're supposed to be have really good hearing they're supposed to like alert you if someone comes in they were knocked out and didn't hear it so he was wandering around for 34 minutes in the house mate like God knows 34 minutes is a really really long time i know what do you reckon he did in there i've got no clue but 34 minutes i mean you must be a real douchebag. I mean, if you get in someone's house, it's one thing, but normally a burglar or something would come in, quickly get shit and get out. This guy was in there for 34 minutes. I reckon he, he did a session. 
Well, he must have done a session because he didn't take anything from what we've seen. Can't find anything what he what he took. Uh, no trace of him, but he was in there for but he was in there for just over half an hour. So he could have done his with session. Could have been on the treadmill hitting some miles. Could have been on the bike. Uh, on the, the kicker bike. That's quiet, mate. See, look, we didn't even wake us up, so I don't know what the name is going about when they moan about all this. Um, so, yeah, you could have done anything. I'll, probably, post, I'll show you a picture and you can post it, you can post it onto uh, the Instagram thing, a picture of his face because we've got a picture he of his face. Probably, uh, he probably didn't go for a swim knowing what your neighbours are like. They no, would have probably hurt that. The door was, yeah, the door was open to the back as well, so he obviously <laughs> had a little look and thought, bloody hell, what do I fancy doing here? I've got a swim, I can do a bike, run. Like, uh, I'll, I'll show you a picture of him and uh, you can post the Midnight Zwifter up onto uh, Instagram. He, he probably thought, like, this looks like a normal house. And then he gets in, it's like, fucking hell, it's like an Olympic training center. What the hell's going on here? That's why he was in there for the 34 minutes. But anyway. Um, he came out as well. He'd had the light on his phone. You know when people use the phone as a torch? You can see yeah. him. He comes out the house and you can see that's on. Then he turns off. So he obviously walks in and normal turns the light on his phone he's like walking around probably like that isn't he like i'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little look. but damn mate that is quite scary, that is scary. I, I bet thing, mate. i bet laura was flipping pissed mate that you had one job taking the dogs and locking the door and you managed to mess that up oh yeah she weren't happy <laughs> but um yeah married man um he's already slacking since he's married he's slacking he's slacking the jobs <laughs> divorced after two weeks <laughs> he he thought i've sealed the deal i'm done now i can leave the door open uh she wouldn't mind but um yeah anyway don't you reckon he um he maybe have you got something like extra keys downstairs that he maybe took one of them no, i haven't got any extra ones down there the ones that we had were on on the car so and um he hasn't taken them because we did wonder that, like if he took the front door keys, because he could have got a copy, couldn't he? But yeah. absolutely crazy. Like, yeah, literally could have done anything. Could have cut, could even be planning to come back, but we're getting better locks on the doors now. So, uh, like, uh, so it locks automatically, you know, when you shut the door. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And Laura's probably wondering, I can't rely on Joe. I need to have something like an automatic lock, automatic lock. So if he forgets, we always have got that back up. Yeah, basically, that's right. <laughs> all right so that's the massive low can you give us a sneaky high have you got a sneaky high um i haven't really got any highs mate like um, like a nice training session something you what you uh cheered you up last week got what, some high mate um um i can't really think uh but i had an all right uh <laughs> you're like <laughs> <laughs> I can't honestly think of a high. Like the best high I could say was training went all right. Like I <laughs> went all right, but that's basically it. I don't really feel like I've got any highs. <laughs> um, the roller coaster's just been on some drops this week, mate. But yeah, that's too low. But like I can't really think of any high. Have you got but a high? To be a high, to, mate. To be honest, if you're in a roller coaster, the drops are the most exciting bits, aren't they? The yeah, lows exactly. are the get ones. Going up normally pretty slow and tame, isn't it? It just like builds the momentum, doesn't it? But I haven't really got any. <laughs> So what have you got? Let me. Hear you need to that'll, you need to build up some pretty high highs in order to get some massive lows. You know, some high drops. Yeah. But anyway, I've had some uh, massive lows over the last couple of months, and I'm finally, finally, like massive high, mate. Mate, I'm finally back into some consistently see for big volume and big intensity training. I had another like awesome week of training. I'm mentally in a good state and physically. Uh, I had. A really good open water swim last week where I did 5Ks in the sea. 
Five Ks. Uh, for uh, yeah, was it? Yeah, it was five. It was almost five. Surely been with the current. Surely it was like starting five Ks one direction. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you this. So we went out for fifteen minutes, and I was looking at my watch, and I say, "All right, let's go out a bit further." We went the first bit two Ks in something like twenty minutes, twenty-one minutes, and I thought, like, flipping hell. There is no current. I'm just fit, you know. I'll see yeah. Yen Fredano and uh, Ben Canard swimming <laughs> in my feet next year. <laughs> no, there was like a massive current, and then we yeah. had to swim. All the- five minutes on your feet, would she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, no, there was a massive, massive current. It was about it was four k, a bit more than four. That was what it was. But then I had to go back, and you could literally not see anything. The sea would be as as flat as a carpet mate but then the, the way back took me more than 45 minutes so it was a bit more it was a, an hour and five minute swim so they were grinding uh, on the way back then grinding like we'd say all right let's swim to the next next beach club so you could see the beach club in the distance and literally it would take flipping ages to get there but anyway um two of them got out halfway through because they couldn't come back so when i i got back to like the point where we started i walked over to um to like the people from uh it's not the bay watch how you call it beach watch what is it it's called a Baywatch. It sounds like more Californian style. It makes it. Yeah. So I walked over to the Baywatch and um, I said, well, there's uh, some sneaky current there. You can't really see it, but it's pretty bad. And uh, maybe uh, like raise some of the flags because they wave one of the flags because it's me- it was a mega bit. It was getting mega busy and it was about 9 a.m. Later that day, mate, in the national news that um, they had to do. Uh, get five people out of the sea and then raise the red flag because they were all uh, like uh, they couldn't come back anymore onto shore. Um, Probably they can never get a swim in at the local pool because it's always so crowded, isn't it? So yeah, but can you used- can you imagine you're a fit swimmer and you really struggle to get back? I mean, for for uh, like your fit swimmer, you hardly can, uh, can't, can, uh, can't go back. Can you imagine if you're like a really fat, untrained Polish guy or we've got loads of Germans in Scheveningen you're in the pool or you're in the water, in the sea, and you're thinking, I'll do like an easy swim, mate, you'll end up in the UK. I can only imagine, mate, of being a fit swimmer. <laughs> we know what it feels like to be a fit swimmer. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was an awesome session. Then two days ago, I did another open water swim set and I swam in Milan Bronze's legs, 128 per 100, open water, 3K, non-wetsuit swim, mate. That's uh training swim. That what is it like fifty five minute and towards the end we picked it up so that that's my best ever open water swim and I was really like <laughs> for open water swim fifty uh, five minute pace for it. sorry that's your best open water swim ever is it yeah in wow. a training swim non wetsuit yeah. training swim yeah non wetsuit uh, yeah non wetsuit it was with oh. swim skin yeah that's 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 decent and one twenty eight pace non wetsuit and I was really really stoked with that and um um so i was really thinking like oh i might actually like this open water swimming if i just do it more often and i think that's a weakness of mine because i would you you know it i always go to the pool do like hundreds 200s maybe 300s but i hate swim sets like four times a k or an open water swim like 4k open water swim because but i think that's the thing that would make me a better swimmer keep uh, telling even me, i keep telling you I you keep telling I'm stubborn, I, aren't I? Ain't I? Stubborn. Think, though, when you get to the level what you're at in the water, gains are only going to come in small bits. You're not going to get I know. Big- Once you're at my level, it's really hard to improve. Like, it could take years <laughs> to get down to 53 minutes, mate. 52 minutes for an Ironman. <laughs> um, but 
another high, mate. Just massive trail run. If we would have done that UTMB, I'd be ready the end of August. But anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be uh, back at training. But one low was the two days in the massive heat wave. How did you survive that? Like it was 40 flipping degrees. Dubai oh. was nothing. Dubai would have been chilly compared to this, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was. Uh, it was brutal, wasn't it? I had to even get up early, mate. Uh, that's probably why I'm I got up at 6 a.m. You didn't believe me on Monday. You and said I got you up, up on the bike at six o'clock. I sat on the bike real quick and then I was like, I need to get breakfast and brush my teeth and all that. So I quickly get off the bike, do all that, and then leave at seven. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I got, um, I wanted on Monday. On Monday, I didn't bike. I was like, there's no point. I'm not going to go out in this because it was 38 degrees here. Um, so I just did a swim. Uh, and that actually went really well because I was feeling pretty tired because I had a big weekend, like did some decent sessions. So the main thing I wanted to get was like get a hard threshold swim in. So mm-hmm. I managed to do that. There you go. That, that could be even count as a, as a hike, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think it could. It yeah, could. so I banked that. And then Tuesday, Lee came over and uh, that was another day. It was actually like, I think, as warm or if not a bit warmer. That was that was when they recorded the hottest temperature in England. They got four, 41 degrees or just under. Um, it was like 38 where I am. Um I did a brick session in the morning, but started early, like eight o'clock. <laughs> what What did you think of that eight o'clock start? Because if we would go on a training camp in August uh, in France, it's got to be pretty boiling hot. I to wouldn't honest, mind. It's a lot better because it gives you a lot more time in the middle of the day to actually. Exactly. Recover. That's what I. That's what I. I mean, you are a lazy guy. I'm a lazy guy. We always start the sessions at like 9, 9.30, but then you want to be done at 5. So literally when we get back from a ride, it's literally get lunch in and then you're ready then. Let's go for a run. Oh, no, There's never, no like rest. That. never get it done at 5. I wouldn't normally start the, the afternoon session until like 6 o'clock or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm, but not like, it is, I'm not a 9 to 5 guy, mate. I actually, I actually find it quite nice to, um, like I've been doing it over the last two weeks to start the bike ride like around 8 a.m., especially when it's like really hot in the day, then you get, you'll be done before 12. You get like four hours in, maybe a bit more um, if you start earlier. And then you could chill out a bit, do another session, and then maybe later on a night hawk. Uh, and you've got to divide it all over the day. Yeah, like, no, it's better, it is better to do it like that. So I, I think that. there's a marginal gain for us, Joe, a little bit more rest throughout the day. Marginal gain, yeah. So I did that. And then I had to, I did a second run on Tuesday because it was so hot outside. It was still 36 degrees at like 5 p.m. or something like that. So I just did that on the treadmill and then went for a swim afterwards because I was like, yeah. I'm not, I'll just get deplete myself otherwise. So I yeah. did that. Smash the electrolytes, mate. Smash the electrolytes. We need to talk about that on the podcast one day, electrolytes. That's a massive topic. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it makes it make a good... Uh, Bit of listening to people that want to get put to sleep, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk glycogen. Let's talk electrolytes. Let's talk. <laughs> um, something else, um, um, Joe. What? Oh, this was. I was thinking, like a friend of mine. He uh, he's got a uh, um, kit like a while ago, and uh, he did this 250k ride last week. And then he put a picture on Strava, like his bike, with then this uh, this baby car behind his back. But obviously, it was an old picture. But then he made people th- think that he did like a 250k ride on his TT bike or something with that baby car behind it. And it was <laughs> so. 
people mental it were going like mental saying like like he he got the mama mafia behind uh, after right. him saying like did you end up with your baby on a 250k bike ride <laughs> what would be so bad about doing that would like if you Dude, like, you can't what? ride around ride around with a baby for eight and a half hours on what, a bike like if like cafes and stuff yeah, no, you can't like, do is that. that. Is it that bad? Like, that's pretty like, irresponsible parenting. Yeah, I'll put the baby in the car because you could say, you could say, um, yeah, Laura, it's gonna be daddy day. I'll take care of the little one today, and you'd be going out for a two hundred and fifty k ride with the baby in the back. Yeah, right? well, so it's like sat down. It's no different than being in the car, is it? Like, I didn't even. Yeah, know but you a... wouldn't you wouldn't go in the, in the car with the baby for that long, mate. You'd stop along the way, do a little yeah, walk. But... So have you like stopped on your bike and went to a cafe or something, had a coffee, got them a drink and stuff, and then carried on? Is it that bad? Yeah, it's quite bad because you can't really see what's going on in that car. Maybe she or he's overheating or whatever, uh, overheating, <laughs> need some drink. I better write, uh, I better write some notes milk. down then. Sorry? I better write, take some notes. Take some notes, mate. Take some notes. I've got the tips up my sleeve. I've been writing, re- reading baby books uh, now. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, you can't do that. But I wouldn't, if I'd see that, I immediately know, no, someone wouldn't do a 250K ride with like a baby car. But the mama mafia absolutely went mental after him. I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> Probably worse than the COVID mafia, aren't they? What I got in uh, yeah. November. Back in the days. But have you seen, by the way, um, this uh, I saw this article coming online. A professional curling player, uh, Courtney or something. She's a, she went to Olympics for curling. She's making the transition with triathlon coach triathlon Terran to triathlon. Now wow. I'm wondering, Joe, how can her curling skills come in handy for triathlon? God, like it's not really going to help you, is it, curling? Like I'm trying to think of. Uh any way possible um you used to hit and stuff aren't you in curling don't you have to hit that hit balls out the way so that could yeah. get used to open water swimming you know at the start where you it's a bit violent and there's a few punches being thrown i guess mm-hmm. you'd be used to like knocking things or in this case people out of the way to get to the ultimate goal which might be the well person. you're used to knocking people but not get knocked by people so yeah so it. like you imagine the big bit that you want to get close to is the ideal person's feet that you want to swim on and the people that normally, you know, in curling, the bit, the balls that you knock out the way to get there, there'll be mm-hmm. like people that are blocking you in terms in like getting in your way to stop you from getting on that person's feet. She's going to be yeah. used to getting things out the way. So she could hit the other swimmers out the way, you know, like dunk them, push them out the mm-hmm. way, pull their wetsuit down. I've had someone do that to me, pull my wetsuit down before. Um, what, what would a threshold curling session look like? Um, six times... I don't know, five bowls or something down there. Very, very aggressive heart throwing bowls. Yeah, just use just proper like pound them out of the way, you know, probably like <laughs> yeah. power, proper power. aggressive, no technique. <laughs> yeah, no technique, just like full speed, you know, like you know, like when you go to some bowling alleys where they tell you the speed and then after yeah. a while you can get a bit fucked off with like trying to hit the actual pins down. You you kind of like if you're there with lads, you're like, fuck <laughs> it, let's see who can hit 20 miles an hour with a bowling ball. And then you'll like try and do that. And then it'll go. Is quick. it quick, 20 miles an hour? Because it doesn't really sound quick for a bowling ball. I think it can hit like 100 k's an hour with that thing. No, not with a bowling ball. You know, like down at like proper 10 pin bowling. Like uh, normally on the speed, and I've said like 19, 20 miles an hour is pretty quick. That's pretty ruthless if you can throw that. Like, <laughs> you don't think I could do 100 k's an hour with a bowling ball? <laughs> I mean, that's 60 miles an hour like yeah. if you threw that if you threw that at someone 
60 miles an hour, like completely like snap their leg and it hit them in the shin or something. Oh, that, that'd, be, that'd be incredible. That'd be like a cannon, wouldn't it? Uh, well, yeah, it would be like a cannon getting shot at you. <laughs> All right, 20 miles an hour. All right, but she's making the transition to um, to triathlon. Would would curlers be doing any running before triathlon? So like a proper curler? Because they do some stepping on the floor before they throw their curl. They're old. They're old curlers. Like I remember seeing the British team before. And uh, some of them roll. They look like, basically, it looks like uh, the Women's Institute or something like that, you know, that's got together and uh, found us and decided let's pick up sport together. And uh, curling seems like the sport, you know. There's, like, people of all all ages. You've got the matron who's, like, 60, you know, who's uh, 60, 70, mm-hmm. who kind of dishes the orders down. And then you've got, like, it's basically like a family, you know, like the grandma is, like, the top, top dog. I did in. say to all my friends at uni if i wanted to go to the olympics for one sport it'd be curling with a yeah, couple I of mates as well i said that to my mates as well curling's a sport like if you're listening to this and you're not that great at triathlon and you think i'd like to go to the olympics i thought i was gonna do it you know what can i do i think curling is a good good bet to have a crack at because i but don't also I, I, like i i've no clue about the level and how hard it is so i wouldn't say curling is the sport to pick up at but i would say it would be flipping fun mate just like ragging these balls 1500 meter running race 5k running race or curling what's going to be easier to qualify for the olympics 5k running race 5k easier than curling. <laughs> yeah it's only like 12 minute 30 40 what is it <laughs> You don't have to train that hard because it's done in 15 minutes. It's done in 12 minutes, isn't it? You know, a couple of hours a week and you'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Or shooting or even the horse ride, the dancing, where you get the dancing horse. I can you know, tell you I can tell you what is a flipping hot sport, mate, is that biathlon. So it's basically this cross-country skiing and then yeah. being able to shoot at a target. That's flipping hot. amazing at that. Lived in Sweden was absolutely awesome and then just stopped doing it. It was like one of the best in really? the country. Because yeah, cross-country skiing, like that is already pretty, pretty flipping hot. But then if your heart rate is well, well up, like really high up, then being able to concentrate and shoot at a target is mega hot, mate. It's to really, the really hot. With him when I was out there, because I went there one year for Christmas. I was 12 yeah. years old then, I think, or 11, 11 or 12. And he yeah. would shoot hundreds every time, like in the middle of the target. Absolutely. Never That's good missed. special forces training, mate. If you could do that, like really get your heart rate full you know, up and then be able to. You know, we were talking about the sports that are good, easy to get or easier to get to for the Olympics. Dressage. Yeah. What about that? Because so the horse that does all the work, isn't it? The horse is the one. I, I, am, I am curious, though, if you would have a really, really good, like a Jan Fredino horse, Jan Fredino horse. Go, the and then, horse, the greatest of all time. The greatest horse of all time, and you'd pe- put me on it, like literally me on it, with no experience at all. You just give me like a masterclass of like an afternoon masterclass. Would it be able to do well? So maybe not win it, but because the horse is so good, would it be able to like compete? Just yeah, compete, I, be in the mix. Because if it knows what music is going to go to, and someone trained it, and say they said to it, "Showtime," and then showtime, you said, "Fredino is ready." Yeah, if you said then, showtime, Fredino's ready, or something like that, to the horse every time you trained him with a dance, yeah. and then they put you on it, and they said showtime, Fredino's ready, or whatever, <laughs> the yeah. horse would know over time, right, I've just got to do my thing. And he's yeah. just going to do And his maybe, thing. maybe yeah. the horse would think, 
I'm not sure what's sitting on my back. It's acting a bit weird, but I know what yeah. to do. I've got this. I, I want to get a medal at the Olympics. Yeah, he'll carry you through. He'll be like, don't worry, son. I've got this. I've got it. I do wonder. I do wonder if that's and the case. You can screw a bad horse over because in the Olympics last time, can you remember that team? I don't know if it was the German national team or it was one mm-hmm. team that, or someone did it to the German team where they did something to the horse before the women went out in the pentathlon and it did really shit. And it's a big thing now about like, how do they, how do you pick who has what horses or like what horses are used? Because one of the coaches in the other uh, countries did something to the other person's horse and it messed up and did really bad and it screwed her getting the gold medal. Huh. But yeah, I, I really, I'm really wondering if you've got that Yen Frodino horse, you'd give it to me. Would it be able to be competitive in that dressage? Depends, mate. If you've got the Norwegian horse, then it. Give me a Norwegian horse, whatever. The horse can stay on a vacation in Fond Remote for five, six weeks. Do some pre- pretty dancing at altitude, LT1, all LT1 training, mate, and then uh, ready for they the big dance. The, they have all the horses in Fond Remote at the centre. That's one of their biggest sports there, so we could get you on one, I'm sure flipping hell and probably that horse gonna think like oh my god we're uh we're fucked i've got that heavy mozzarella on my back <laughs> there goes the medals anyway um joe upcoming weekend we've got a massive race coming up in uh, the pto race pto in yeah. canada pto in canada i was i was originally not gonna do it and then after getting covid in st george and then changing my season, I kind of thought about it. And then I thought, oh, I'll do it. But then after getting married, like having the stag party or the bachelor party, what you call it, the marriage, and then like a few days away, I kind of thought, actually, there's no point in me doing this because I'm going to be going there like half-hearted with not much training. But I kind of thought as well that I wanted to do it because if I could just get some kind of okay result, like a decent-ish result, then I might be able to get a wild card pick for the Collins Cup. But then I kind of thought, actually... There's probably not going to get a wildcard pick for the Collins Cup. There's a lot of people that have already been doing some really good results as well. And them kind of picks are always political, aren't they? You know, it's kind of like who you know, not what you what you do, is it? So I kind of thought, actually, give it a miss. Is that tr- like, I have no clue. Well, would, would, for example, out of the blue, would I be eligible for a wildcard? You'd be eligible for a wildcard, mate. If they wanted the mozzarella there, they could have him. But with if, that they, kind of- if they wanted something really wild... <laughs> Yeah, I think like, like they should they should do really. We would uh, spice it up a bit, but they, they with them at least in bit, the back of the field. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, you could have the influence race against Mets, couldn't you? Then as well, <laughs> and then people could bet on it, like on horses. Uh, big Mets out of our league, mate. He's taken off. That would make it better at the Cons Cup if you could actually put money on. I'd like to have like do a bet where say I put a ten ten pounds on, but do it as like an accumulator. You know, so like you bet race one, who you think is going to win, then race two, race three. And each time the odds go up and the money you win from race two goes into race, uh, race sorry, race one goes into race two. And you can get some decent money on that in the end. If you guessed all six right, but, you know, for the men's or all 12. You'd but also, some- sometimes it's more fun to bet in a more like downgraded league because you'd have some really unexpected results. So you're saying you wouldn't want to bet on the favourite races. You'd want to bet on some of the random ones somewhere. You want to, you want to bet on the influencer races. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, And I never bet on the favourite as well. When I'm betting on the Grand National Horse Race, I never bet on the favourite. I think it's a bit boring. And there's always someone that can like step up on the day, isn't there? Well, some of them horses I know. are the others. No, but for example, um, have a little. If you, if you wanted to bet at the Formula One race, it's 
kind of a bit situated who's going to win or who's who isn't. Whereas if it would be the regional go-kart championships, you'd have absolutely no clue. You've got Lucky Ducky, you've got Fast Francis and all them. And it'd be more like, well, let's yeah. have a fun day out. I go to Great Yarmouth races, mate, and uh, have a good one, which is like the, probably the lowest of the low for horse racing. You know, they've got horses with three legs sometimes, and sometimes they even slip a donkey in the races. And, uh, Shut up, Great- a donkey? Yeah, the people in Great Yarmouth don't really know what a horse looks like, some of them. So sometimes a donkey can go in there. I mean, it's got to be a fit donkey. A well-trained donkey can beat an untrained horse. Like honestly, so sometimes you get a donkey turn up because you know they do the donkey rides on the sea on the beach, don't they? On the seafront. Oh yeah, yeah. They put kids on. Sometimes them donkeys that have been walking all day, they're pretty fit, and they can train. They can do a little. Are you taking a piss, or is this for real? Being serious, it's great yarm of horse racing, so it's low level, lowest level horse racing. But if you train a donkey that's been doing that specifically for just three or four weeks beforehand, it's pretty good shape, mate. Pretty decent. Hmm. It's impressive. Like I've bet money on a donkey before. It didn't win, but it gave a good showing. <laughs> I do. I've been to one of the horse races. Our main subject of the week is horses, by the way, because uh, we're thinking of horsepower and all that. Um, <laughs> um, I've been to one of them horse races once, uh, like uh, over, pretty close to the Hague. There's one. It's it's good fun though with mates. You just bet like one euros or two euros, and uh, on on you've got no clue who horses what horses doing what, but just got funny names and gets pretty exciting. Yeah, I like it. I think it's pretty decent. So we should have that in triathlon as well. Yeah, I bet some money on Magnus Ditlev before for Challenge Daytona. Where are oh, you? Could bet on that. All right. Yeah, you Maybe could bet you... on it. So I bet, mate. I've got all the bets I bet on. I bet on Gustav Eden each way. So obviously got some money back with that. I we should I actually bet... be uh, be be uh, sponsored by a betting company, I Joe. Had, they I like had... risky stuff. I know. My free bets for the race was Sam Long each way, Gustav Eden each way. And Ditlev, I lost money on Sam and I lost money on Ditlev, but luckily uh, Gustav put, got uh, pulled uh, pulled it out the bag and uh, I basically broke even. <laughs> but his uh, his odds are going to be pretty terrible at the PTO Canadian race then. Yeah, they probably will be. I mean, I'm not even 100% sure if it wasn't there. I just saw it up for, for Daytona because someone uh, posted it up. But um, old Ditlev was doing well and he cramped up. I remember it because I, I know. Up leading at one point I thought yes come on top three I'm, g- I'm gonna get some decent money because he was a bit of an unknown then then he yeah. pulled up I thought oh no <laughs> my money's <laughs> down the drain thanks mate <laughs> um anyway Joe uh what do you think of the race you've seen the list some pretty big hitters are going there I think it's going to be a good race and I'm looking forward to seeing uh Gustav and uh, Christian going head to head that's a big mm-hmm. one and Lionel Sanders because he's Really good at this distance. 20 meter draft zone as well, which I've heard it is, is going to make it a lot better because it means that it neutralizes the swim. So it it doesn't have as much of an impact because when it's 10 meters, 12 meters, you get in a pace line after the swim and, uh, you know, you're pretty screwed if you're behind, especially Mm -hmm. if there's a few motorbikes and stuff. But I mean, even this, if there is like some motorbikes to get apart, I mean, if they pull one person right at the front, the person who's like second, if they're 20 meters behind the other person, they're not going to get any benefit. So it makes it a lot fairer race. I just mm-hmm. hope that the course isn't as quick as the normal courses because when like the Challenge Daytona and the Miami Speedway course, the speeds are all so high that if people are doing 45, 46 Ks an hour, if you're riding at 48 kilometers for an hour, you're only gaining two and a half minutes, you know, to go two Ks an hour quicker. 
but that's a huge amount of power. Yeah, the, what output to be able to do that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, basically, the power output you have to do is massive. If you lose two minutes in the swim, you're only 30 seconds up after the first hour, and then you've only got 30 more kilometers left. So you're only going to get another minute, basically, in a quarter by the end of the bike. But you've had to work. Whilst you've so- been pushing like 50 extra watts. Exactly, yeah. So then you're a lot more cooked, and then you run a lot slower. So it just makes it a bit rubbish. So hopefully, the course is slower. And it tests the bike handling a bit more. So people that are good bike handlers and got uh, good on the climbs can really come to mm-hmm. the fore. Uh, you basically want it, what I'm saying is, to test the bike in a lot more so the runners have to catch the cyclist down. It should make it a lot more entertaining a race. But is what the PTO is doing, for example, with this tour and all that, is really good for sport because they're paying literally every pro, like literally every pro that's going there, um, is getting money and will be able to cover their trip, right? The flight and the uh, accommodation. Pretty much. Like well, that. that's what I, I looked much, into. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I was thinking of giving it a punt because there's no risk, like, pretty much. I mean, I, I they got a deal with the hotel. So they contacted the hotel and they basically said to all the athletes, like, we're not going to pay you to go, like, an appearance fee or, like, give you free accommodation. But we've got a deal for this hotel and we'll do all the transfers from Edmonton Airport and we'll take you back and forwards to all the stuff and all the media stuff is at the hotel. So it was mega mm-hmm. easy. And the deal worked out something like a thousand Canadian dollars. I think it was like 600 pounds for um, for the week for seven days. And then the flights from Europe I saw were like 800 pounds. So basically 1400 quid. But you finish what lowest, the lowest position was like $2,000. So basically, if you finish last, you get your money. So there's no risk. So first of all, it's an incentive to finish the race, which I think is a good thing, um, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. second of all, um, there is like loads of support for for like every uh, uh, pro that's out there, and the level that's going there is like really, really high. Yeah, I think it's really, uh, really important because if you look, for example, at let's quickly have a little look at Kona, for example. Um, if you want to go there as a professional, well, or as an amateur, but let's say you're a professional, um, your flight's got a pro- it's probably going to be like fifteen hundred quid. Then well, accommodation than out. I worked it out the other day for me on what I can get for at the moment, and it was a thousand pounds for flights at the moment to get there, like return. So yeah, but then like- you need your you need your bikes and all that as well with you. So let's say twelve hundred pounds, which is like fifteen hundred euros. All right, say £1,200 to get to Kona return. And then I look, the accommodation, what I've seen, I got screwed over the accommodation. I I told you this, but I haven't told some of the others. So I booked some accommodation in 2019. Some of the others. Let's tell the friends, mate. Tell the friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I booked accommodation in 2019 after the race. I was really organized for change. Also, I booked flights and the company scammed me as well. Like, really annoyed about that. Um, Still haven't got the money back. Um, But that's another story. But anyway, booked accommodation. Uh, I stayed there in 2019 so I said to them can I book it again for next year they said yeah then every time it got cancelled I moved it like they would let me move it and then the last time when they moved it to this year I tried to do it they wouldn't let me do it she gave me a refund it was £170 a night and then said oh yeah but you can book it now if you want we've just got a new price the new price is £400 a night so instead of charging me like £1,700 for 10 days which is what I paid and what, what it was originally She's like, yeah, you can book it again. It's four thousand pounds now for ten days. Just like, come on, uh, because they've made mm-hmm. the race now in two days. It's- there's no accommodation hardly, and the, you're looking at four to four and a half thousand pounds for ten days. And uh, so it's absolute. So it's about five and a half thousand. Um, let's say, yeah, five and a half thousand euros. But then, foods and all that is mega expensive there as well. So let's say, in total, 
And Sorry? if you've got to go to Maui or somewhere, you want to go somewhere hot to train if you're a pro because there's no point going straight to Kona. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to go there and do well, I want to be training in the heat for three weeks before. Otherwise, I don't really see the point. You know, it's not like you're just going there to tick the box. You know, you've got four, you've been there four times. You go in there to either get the podium or like try and win it. Um, so if you want to go to Maui for, say, three weeks before, you're talking like a good another two grand at least two and a half grand so basically you're talking eight to nine grand just for flights accommodation and everything like that not including like the extra yeah, if you want to make it like break even you need to finish like top six seven top five mate top five i reckon like top to five make, really make it because fifth place from when i last looked was twenty thousand us dollars but you get taxed 30% straight away there's literally so, literally no no uh, yeah, like you no, can't no support you can't use it against your own taxes because they'll automatically tax it first if you're from anywhere else other than America. So basically, mm-hmm. six thousand. If you finish fifth, six thousand dollars is gone before you can get it. Gone on the tax, twenty percent. So you only get fourteen thousand dollars. So you get about eleven grand. Obviously, you'll get some sponsor bonuses if you're fifth. Because in my experience, they go down to about fifth place. Um, so if you get six, you get a bit rolled because you don't get any bonuses. Like, and that's that screws you a lot more. So basically. You could get some bonuses, but you'd probably only make about, I don't know, 20 or something. You know, if you get fifth, you'll maybe get 20 or K or maybe a bit more profit. But that's but if you get six, you're probably literally just breaking even because you're not going to get any bonuses. And I think you get $18,000, but six. That's why we need to get in all the influencer bits, get on the gram, do this, do a podcast, because otherwise, Joe, we wouldn't be able to. Uh, yeah, that, but that's the, rent. the PTO race. It's great that they're helping you out so you can go there yeah. i mean if you could go to kona and you finish last and you at least cover your costs it's going to be a lot more attractive for pros but i mean for a lot of the pros basically if they finish seventh place or under i would say they're probably losing they're probably losing money like the trips actually probably cost them more especially now not in the past but now i've seen the accommodations two and a half times the price yeah that, that's that's a massive game change because in the past you could get something for like a thousand pounds for a week yeah. or ten days like uh, with with like a family whereas now it's three times four times the price absolutely crazy yeah and loads of the accommodations Waikoloa 40 k's away so who wants to say 40 k so the PTO are doing that really good because then it means that people are going to be like yeah I'll give it a chance and then they might get some breakthrough results or if they get say a 10th place then the money's really good for that um, mm-hmm. the only downside of me with the PTO races is the distance of them like they're less than a 70.3 and I think ideally the distance should be between a 70.3 and an Olympic. It should be in the middle and it should They've be. They've got one long distance race next week, next year with a 4K swim, 166 bike and something like a 30K run, something like that, I think. Is that what it is? I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, Ironman distance or something. Why is it got yeah. 4K? A 4K swim is like the worst part. Mate, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought ideally in my situation, let's say 3K swim because it's longer than the half. 3k swim 100 and what oh, 70k bike k race then so they're doing 4k 160k and then 36k is that what something like that something oh. like that or or 166 and then 30 or 34 that's, yeah like that's random but like it would i think like the distance should be in between anyway because then it should be the half distance guys racing the full distance guys and then obviously invite as many short distance guys as you want but it's like they come up to our distance rather than us making it less. And than the half. hard thing is that a lot of the short distance guys, they're all being funded and supported by the national uh, uh, national federations. You know, they're they're racing for South yeah, Africa. They're racing fair. for that's, that's you, their choice whether or not they want to step. It, 
Exactly. Well, so if you're racing for a federation, well, at least that's what it is in the Netherlands, you'd get a salary, you get like two and a half, like 2000 pounds or something like that a month, like, like a basic fee. So you're always sorted. You have all your, uh, and that's not even including bonuses, races and all that. So you have a salary and then they step up to, for example, PTO races. I don't know how it is in, in other countries, but it's just, um, and then the distance is like, a just, what is it like shorter than a half? Yeah, because I think the dis- the PTO, the whole point is it's meant to be for long distance pros and aiming for long distance races. So I think the races should be in that middle bracket. And then it's like, if you're a short distance guy and you want to do it, that's cool. But you're like stepping up to the long distance. You know, it's not like we could go to the ITU and say, oh, I see you racing the Olympic distance, but there's a few of us who are doing long distance that want to race an ITU race. Can you make it an 80K bike and a 20K run or something? Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know like it is what it is like if you want to do it you know what the distance is it's like um and they might find that they like it they might find that they do better over the distance and decide to do more of them but yeah i kind of think the distance at the moment it's not really long distance you pick a mega quick course the bike's done in like an hour and 40 minutes do you know what i mean like 80 but the um the moral of the story is that is um it's good that um what uh, what the PTO is doing and uh, that they're bringing like loads of support for the athletes. So uh, hopefully it's paying off. They'll uh, it's it's even getting broadcasted on Discovery and on uh, Eurosport. So that's uh, that's all good, mate. Um, I think we should head over to a bullshit buster. But before we go over to the bullshit buster, we were just talking about Kona. Now, if you'd like to get Triathlon Mockery over to Kona. Um, we've got a Patreon page and um, yeah, we've got 250 backers of the show. But um, yeah, if you uh, if you're able to uh, to uh, support us, you know, we so now and then give these little chunks, these nuggets of knowledge. And that's just free coaching, isn't it? And normally you coach. What do you what do coaches charge nowadays? Two hundred dollars a month, three hundred dollars a month. Right. And if you uh, like, or you could sign up to the Motive app, couldn't you? And uh, become exactly. Like- well, the travel mockery for five. What is it? Five dollars a month. Five dollars. Literally a lot of knowledge. And we do have something that we're setting up as of next week for the patrons what's that <laughs> the uh, the behind the scenes show joe oh yeah the behind the scenes show yeah check get, get uh, sign up because we were thinking that um since uh and yeah if you're uh, a company you want to support us with uh something in kona or just on the show we've got some uh pretty impressive numbers slide in there <laughs> <laughs> Sliding that DM, baby. Um, yeah, let's go to the bullshit buster, Joe. Bullshit buster. I've got a massive, massive, massive bullshit buster. So the bullshit buster is if you're on Strava, and we love that app, don't we? We love the Strava app. I love app. Strava, yeah. I love Strava. But one thing that really bugs me is the Strava temperature. It always underestimates. It never makes a really hot interval training look really impressive. It always says, for example, if you've been doing an interval session in 34 degrees or in 50 degrees, it would say something like 19 degrees and a cool breeze from the east. I'm like, where the hell did you get that from? We were training somewhere and it was like that before. I don't know. I think it was Dubai. I think it was Dubai. Yeah. And it was like always telling us that it was like cooler, wasn't it? When remember when we did that that ride through the mountains in forty two or forty three degrees because oh. because we were too lazy to get up at five a.m. so we went to like nine and ten a.m. and like peak heat. 
did we go at like nine o'clock? Yeah, we we went like really late in, in like peak heat. It was bacon mozzarella. But we saw this in the car on the way back, didn't it? And my skin felt like it was melting. Like on I, that I, on that uh, uphill bit, it got over forty degrees. It was over forty. It was something like 42, I, 43. I was uh, I went up there before and did a ten minute max effort, and my heart rate was the same for about a hundred to one hundred and fifty watts less. It was that <laughs> hot. I, I was like I lost thirty percent of my power. But anyway, um, I remember coming back and it said something like 23 degrees, 24 degrees. Where does it get that information from? It's from the start of your session, but I think it's still wrong. So like whatever the temperature is at the start, it thinks is what you've done it in. So if you start at like five in the morning, it's going to say it's mega cold. If you think, and then compared to what it was at like 10. But it, I think half the time it's still out, especially when you go into some hot places. Like I've done it before in Strava and it said, like you say, 22 degrees. And you're like, no, this is like near 30. I'm like absolutely ruined like after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's bullshit, Buster. Um, before we get over to the Instagram post of the week, uh, quickly um, review the show. If you're on Spotify, you can review the show. If you listen to a few episodes like that, be really, really awesome. We've almost got a thousand reviews, Joe on spotify we just need a few more thousand reviews mate five star reviews um so thanks everyone that's taken don't head over to spotify uh (laughs) and review it but you can review some other podcasts like uh pro try news (laughs) (laughs) why is that well if they're gonna give a one star review we don't want it do we you know they can give it to someone else can't they you know not to pro try news mate all right um give it to anyone else as long as it's not us um yeah yeah uh anyway um you had an instagram post of the week didn't you this is my instagram post of the week i absolutely love this so if you're watching this on youtube have a little look now joe can you describe what's going on there what's going on mate it is our man who's been on the show as the instagram post of the week before it is ben canute doing his explosive gym stuff um and (laughs) i i don't know what it is but it just it just makes me laugh it's like it's just, it's just like different than what I've seen anyone doing in the gym. And I could just imagine if I was doing this, he's like jumping back, pulling a rope towards him. It almost looks like some kind of like clip, what you'd see on like a Rocky film, doesn't it? Or something, or like some like, you know, like if you watch like an Adam it would Sand- be It would be a Rocky film training, but then a, a mashup. Yeah, but do, do you know what it remind me of? You know, like the actor, like Adam Sandler, if you got him to do a role where he was like <laughs> pretending to go into the SAS or like the military, and they showed you like a gym thing. It would almost be like that, where it's like meant to be serious for the for the film, but it's like taking the piss a bit, isn't it? Like it's just funny. And do you think? Yeah. Do you think he's actually for real, or he's he's taking the piss a little bit? Like over I the last few months, I've been showing some real, a hundred percent real, which is why it makes it even funnier. Um, it makes me laugh. And also, I remember him doing the other one where he was like properly like frosting. Can you remember on his uh, <laughs> yeah, his hip his... thrust at 180 BPM? Yeah, RPM. Had, like weights on. He'd like got this barbell across him, weighted up to the absolute rafters across him, and then he's lifting it up and proper frosting. And um, do you know, <laughs> and not a, a slow thrust. It was properly 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 pump- go properly pumping it, not slow. It wasn't like he was doing it some R and B. It was like he was doing that to like Tom's like Dutch hardcore German playlist. Um, and you know what it made me laugh? Because I had to come to my head like hip hip thrust for days, 
And it made me think, happy wife, happy life. You know, he's obviously got used to doing that. He's got been doing them moves before, hasn't he? You know, could you imagine? <laughs> yes, yes. And to be honest, if you look at, for example, that video, video what he's posted up right now. So everyone, if you're listening and, and you want to see the video, give it a little like, give that guy a follow. Because uh, oh, he's no, got some pretty... He's not cutting it. Check out Ben Canute's hit for us, you know, and give just show exactly. you exactly. Like, He's yeah. got some pretty behind the scenes <laughs> epic gym stuff that people don't want to share because this is the extra percent, isn't it? People don't want to share this stuff because it's the extra percent. It's the extra percent after ten o'clock. But if you if you look, <laughs> I I secretly think if you see him doing that movie, uh, that move like with the the band and the jump in and all that. Do you think he's secretly training for the Skippy Ball Olympics? Mate, I just watch their moves and I'm like, oh, maybe if I'd have started 15 years ago, I could have done some moves like that. You know, I bet he's electric on the dance floor, don't you? Like, I bet if you got him on the dance floor, he'd be absolutely pumping it, don't you? He's like flexible. I, he's got I don't know, strength, mate, you know? but I do know good old Ben is fruity, mate. Fruity. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? <laughs> he's my age. He's my age. Is he? Yeah, he is. Man. We need to get Ben on the training camp. I bet he's, uh, you know, I bet, you know, could you imagine the end of the training camp? He'll be like, come on, boys, I'll show you the moves. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that yoga session where uh, our, our other uh, mate was with. But um, session in New Zealand. And uh, was it, was it one of the girls farted in one of them, didn't they? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Can you not remember that? But what about the, the the bit you're remembering is when our friend made a big like groan, didn't he? Like uh, it was. Really so awesome. we, were, we were coming in a bit late, like fashionably late, ten minutes to the to the yoga session, and we were picking up this. We were looking for extra percenters, so we we're thinking yoga. Yoga is our ne- next extra percent. We so did a load of them in the end, didn't we? We did like four we, or five classes. We did like- a shitload of yoga that week. I think we clocked more yoga than aerobic sessions on the bike, mate. Yeah, I think. But anyway. We, so we went into this yoga class and uh, so we showed up a bit late and uh, the class was absolutely ramped and uh, we had we were all divided through the room. You, you and Sep were sitting on the right and I was sitting all the way on to the left. And then I remember we had to lay down and then she was like, uh, so the instructor, she said, now you can relax and breathe out and really relax and all that. And then all of a sudden, on the right side of the room, I could hear our friend, like, sat moaning. Something like, People Whoa. might have thought that was me, mightn't they? I thought originally, like, is one of them taking the piss? Because I was in stitches on the other side of the room. And then he was doing it again, like, really loud, moaning. Uh, and he was actually serious, wasn't he? And then, yeah, and then there was another yoga class that we went to while we were out there in New Zealand. And can you remember that woman that would, like, put you in, like, really awkward positions? And she'd have to, like, help us because we couldn't quite bend round, could we? Can you remember? Like, I remember oh. that. You, you couldn't bend, mate. You couldn't bend. I, she had to I put you I in all, all sorts of positions. I, thought I, <laughs> I forgot quite, about that. I thought I was quite good. No, I remember that, and she was she was like, "Oh, you need some work, boy." <laughs> but she would literally like grab hold of you and move you, wouldn't she? But the way she did it was like it was a bit dodgy, wasn't it? Like you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, but I do know. I think if I did that to a female in a yoga class, I don't think I'd be like doing yoga anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be doing yoga behind bars mate yeah. <laughs> but it was quite and then i remember the first, the other one we went to and you had to do a prayer can you remember you had to do a prayer as well on one of them when they started doing it we didn't know what to expect and it was almost like you turned up to church or something weren't it 
was it? What what was it? This one it was like that yoga chant thing. What they did, it was sounded like a prayer or something. Like I don't know, it was like some kind of soul. What they did, I I I don't know, but I do remember that I was really enthusiastic and I wanted to do it back in the Hague, and then COVID hit. One thing that I do think is quite relaxing is this Bikram yoga. So it's kind of a sauna yoga. Oh, that's horrible! That is, it's is it? Wet loads. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I I, I like it's a sauna. Absolutely cooked, mate. In a, so. In- We've got the sauna battle. We haven't had a sauna battle in in a long while, Joe. We oh, I have got a sauna battle story. Have you? Have you got it ready? Have you got Let's, it set up? Give me two seconds, and then let me finish the uh, podcast with the sauna battle. Then all right, but so this I think is quite nice to do a Bikram yoga, mate. Like sweating, and in the meanwhile, uh, challenging someone to a downward facing dog in boiling heat. <laughs> So this is from a guy who's been listening for a while. He says, hi, Joe. I've been loving the podcast recently and just have to let you know about my first official sauna battle last week. I was traveling at the weekend and at an away ground. As you know, Tom, like it's always harder when you're at an away ground, isn't it? You know, in football, like yeah. when the team goes to another another stadium, you don't different rules, different temperatures. You don't know the sauna. You don't know the temperature. You, do, it's, you don't know... Like, I know the local characters of mine, like people that I would not want to battle with, you know, they are hard motherfuckers, you know. So you've mm-hmm. got to pick your battles wisely. This guy had no idea, so he's a massive disadvantage. He went in with no intentions, just to bat, not no intentions to battle, just a nice 15 minutes. That was all he wanted, 15 minutes in the sauna, boom, done. But then two minutes after he sit down, a fat old man comes in with two 750 mil bottles of fizzy water and flipped the 15 minute timer over. Can you go in? I mean, um, uh, people that are overweight are absolutely incredible in the sauna. But can you go in with two bottles of fizzy water? We can't if you're doing the sauna battle. But when you're taking on some other one, so this guy came in after, he comes in that. He's obviously the guy that sent this to me and said, he says, I thought, fuck me, this is on here. So I start to prepare mentally. So that guy's coming. So you can battle someone that's got all the supplements in the world, who's actually doping, sauna doping. But you can't use them because you think, you know you're doing the sauna battle. This other guy doesn't necessarily know, does he? He might get the intentions because I think after a while when you've been in there and it's just you two, the tension rises and they know, don't they? True. But If you look each other in the eyes and yeah. Yeah, that's part of the battle. So then he thinks, all right, I think the worst case, he's going for the full 15. So I think, okay, 17 minutes for me, no problem. I can do it. He's sitting to forwards, head in his hands. And after a few minutes, I'm thinking, this is an easy win here. I'm just going to sit in his draft zone to the end. So the guy, look, he's got his head in his hands. He's smashed. He's thinking, Jesus Christ, like these two bottles aren't going to get me through. Um, he smashed two flipping bottles. Well, he hasn't smashed them yet, but he's got them in there, isn't he? He's got them in there. He's got them. Yeah, yeah. Them. All right, all right. So he said, of course, he says he made no eye contact. Key tactical move there. If he'd have made eye contact, the other guy would have known this motherfucker's yeah, like, taking me off. But I let him see the timer on my watch, playing the mental games to let him think I'll be finished before before his time is up. Um, so, yeah, he's um, playing the mental games. He lets him see the timer. Hold on, let me see. But I let him see the timer on my watch. Ah, yeah, so he shows him the timer. So he's basically making it think that... Um, He's, he's cruising. He's got this in. So he's letting him see the watch. So the other guy's struggling. He lets him see the watch to basically make it look like I've got loads in the tank here. You know, he's playing the mental game to mm-hmm. make, trying to gradually fuck with this guy's head. He yeah. then 
he's down in his water, getting through the one and a half litres. I'm trying to act casual, like I'm sitting on the beach, but the heart rate is rising. I think that's the worst bit. When you start feeling that heart rate going up, you know. Yeah, that's when, same in an Ironman, once you're in that state, you know it's too late. There's no way back. You can't ease that one off. Any person who's doing endurance sport knows it, don't they? The pace is the same. The heart rate's going up. You know, it's not going to be yeah. pretty from there on. It's just, that's where it starts getting mental. He says his watch yeah. timer goes off for 15 minutes. I let him think it's over. Then I hit reset 15 more minutes. So he's been in there for 17 now already because he was in there for two minutes before he started on his watch. Of course, he says, I'm never lasting that long. But he doesn't know that. So I'm watching the timer out the corner of my eye. Not long left. He's definitely going to crack. I'm struggling, but the poker face is on. His timer ends and he gets up. I've won. He walks over to the door and then flips the timer over and then sits back down. Oh, my God. He basically played wow. with the same mental tricks as he was playing on him. He even says he's played me at my own game and he's broke me. I can't let him know I was waiting for that. So I grind through another minute before admitting defeat and leaving straight in the cold shower for a few minutes and he still didn't even appear an absolute beast wow the, st- the legend says he's still in there yeah yeah the legend says he lives in the sauna and <laughs> so himself, he says for losing my first official battle but this guy was a pro he had two bottles he had plenty of fat to keep his organs yeah but i'm not sure whether you're i think if you got bottles like that in combination with like the 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 body composition, which is already in his advantage, so it's like you're on an e-bike, mate. You yeah, can't but that's, do an, I'm... he didn't need to take that guy on, did he? It was like going True. to Man- it was like going to Old Trafford, mate, and taking on Manchester United. You know, if you go yeah. to Old Trafford and you take on Man United, you're going to get a hard game, aren't you? He went to an away game. Yeah. he took on the hardest. What do you life. think? What do you think the guy had? Do you think he had any electrolytes and all that in his bottle? Um, no, he probably he's a big lad. He probably just had coke or something like that, coke and sprite, yeah. or something, and you know, I bet he had like just carbs, <laughs> whipped <Sure>. cream, <laughs> two bottles of whipped cream, <laughs> two bottles of whipped cream and a cake for for rewards when he when he dusted this guy off. You know, this guy, this guy's a pro. He's like top top of the game, mate. Well, and- all right, so we finished this week off with a song bell. We're right over an hour, Joe. So long enough. So don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can watch it on YouTube. And, um, yeah, make sure to support our uh, Patreons channel. So um, I'll tell you what, there's a kit. There's a kit. If I can go to Kona, I'm racing a 10-year-old old kit on the beer mile, on a 0.0 beer mile. I just got challenged today, Joe. Got challenged today. One thing me and you have got to do this week before we record next week is take someone on in a sauna battle and report back on how it went for our low or high of the week for one of them. All right, I'll try and see what I can do. I'm good. If you get, I'll take someone on in a sauna battle and I'll let you know how it goes. All right, let's get Pray it. For me. Let's Pray for Joe. It's race week. Race week. All right, see you next week, mate. Bye.